Pushkin. Did you know some travel credit cards offer 10 times points on your spending? Don't miss out on big rewards for your next trip. NerdWallet lets you compare smart travel credit cards side by side, curated by an expert team of finance nerds. What could future you do with better travel rewards? A free flight? A room upgrade? Don't wait to make smart financial decisions. Compare and find smarter credit cards, savings accounts, and more today at nerdwallet.com. Reminder, credit is subject to lender approval and terms apply. NerdWallet. Finance smarter. The most innovative companies are going further with T-Mobile for Business. The PGA of America is helping lower scores and elevate fan experiences with AI coaching tools and 5G-connected cameras. AAA is getting more drivers back on the road fast with location telematics. And the Las Vegas Grand Prix is powering race day operations with 5G connectivity, giving fans an experience at the speed they deserve. This is Accelerating Innovation with T-Mobile for Business. Take your business further at T-Mobile.com slash now. Whether it's her first Mother's Day or her 40th, she deserves more. Shop tons of stunning on-trend jewelry for every budget at Diamonds Direct. Diamond fashion jewelry, beautiful birthstones, everyday pearls, starting at just $200. Commemorate the real loves of her life with a gorgeous pendant featuring the birthstone of the one who made her mom. This Mother's Day, Diamonds Direct has everything you need to say thank you. Diamonds Direct. Your love, our passion. Online at DiamondsDirect.com. This is Talk Easy. I'm Sam Fragoso. Welcome to the show. Happy Labor Day weekend to you and yours. We were really thinking about taking this Sunday off. I promise you, we were. But then... Something special happened. Brittany Howard decided to join us for a talk that I think is especially timely for this moment. Brittany is a wonderful singer-songwriter, formerly of the Alabama Shakes. That was until last year, when she decided to put a pause on the beloved blues rock band and go her own way. The result is her debut solo record, entitled Jamie. It's named after her sister, who tragically passed away at the age of 12. Howard was eight years old. Now, this record came out almost exactly a year ago. But her plans to release, perform, and then inevitably tour the album obviously changed with the pandemic. So, we're here now, celebrating the one-year anniversary of Jamie. It's a piece of music near and dear to my heart, and if you haven't listened to it yet, that will change by the end of this episode. But before we jump in, a bit of housekeeping. Our friends down in Texas, Better or Work and Cynthia Cano, have put together this remarkable organization called Powered by People. This is not an advertisement, but rather a movement I want to let everyone know about. Powered by People is a collective of volunteers 
to help reach the Texas voters who will decide the forthcoming election. These are people encouraging other people to get out and vote. In the midst of this pandemic, unable to knock on doors, hold rallies and town halls, and totally dependent on phone-to-phone field work, Democratic candidates in Texas won't have to waste time calling bad numbers or Trump supporters. Because these volunteers have made the millions of calls necessary to call the list of extraneous numbers and return a verified, usable list of Texas Democrats that we can turn out during early voting and on Election Day. Through this program, the volunteers have made over 1.2 million calls and have sent over 4 million individual texts to voters across Texas. This is about voter turnout. This is about Texas turning blue. But more importantly, this is about people utilizing democracy under an administration hell-bent on limiting our freedoms. If you'd like to volunteer and get on these phone banks making calls to voters in Texas, be sure to visit their site at events.poweredxpeople.org. If you don't have time to get on the phone and call, perhaps you'd consider making a donation of any amount at www.poweredxpeople.org. We'll include links to all of this in our show notes on our website at talkeasypod.com. This really is the time to get involved. This is the time to do the work, especially if you're like me in a state like California, where most of the elections are predetermined. Texas, however, is up for grabs, and it's time for us to take it. Now, on to this timely conversation with the one and only Miss Brittany Howard. Brittany Howard, how are we feeling? I'm feeling good. I'm feeling good. I'm feeling... Uh, that's a lie. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm okay. Yeah, I'm okay. Why did you lie? You know, that just, it's one of those things. It's one of those things. It's like, you know, I, I think maybe if I say it, uh, then it'll come true. Mm-hmm. And then also it's like, do I really want to get into the complexities of how I'm really feeling? Or is this just a polite question you know what i'm saying let's get into it what is going on actually oh man uh i'm trying to be like in my bubble take care of my needs what i need to do to be a person that's just living in being a shining star and feeling good feeling happy being creative yada yada and then there's like the rest of the world to contend with like (laughs) everything we're living with right now you know society you know obviously is going to eventually come down the line and affect you. And I mean, I feel like I'm definitely affected by what's going on in America right now. I don't know. I can even see how we got here and I can see how historically, how we just do this over and over again. You want to be like screaming at the top of your lungs, help, help, help. We've done this before. It doesn't have to be this way. We don't have to go down this road. We don't have to shoot ourselves in the foot. But who are you going to tell that to and who's going to listen to you? You know what I'm saying? So it's like really frustrating. And I know I don't feel alone. I mean, I know historians are screaming right now, but 
as a group of people, there's a lot of grieving going on. And then another group of people is saying, you can't grieve. All lives matter. And then, you know, at the end of the day, you know that you have to keep your eyes on the prize and do what it is that you can do to motivate forward. But, man, it's tiring. It's exhausting. I mean, I was riding behind a guy today. He had the Trump 2020 sticker on the back of his car. Underneath it, it said, all lives matter. I'm just like, man, just so many people not able to access what this is about, not able to see it because it doesn't affect them and never has affected them. So they think, oh, this must not be true. Mm-hmm. And this must be a ploy by the Democrats. You know what I'm saying? You grew up in Athens, Alabama. I wondered how you'd been coping with the last few months. It's kind of twofold because the virus has especially been unforgiving to the South. And then this president of ours has continued to return to states like Alabama and Georgia and the South for support. How have you reconciled with that stuff? I don't reconcile with it. He's playing to his voters. He's playing to his best hand. He wants to be reelected. And like I said earlier, humans in particular, we repeat the same large patterns. You know what I'm saying? Technology is different. But spiritually, I don't think we have grown a lot in awareness just as like human beings. You know what I'm saying? So here we are again, you know, and it's an election year. You can see from a mile away that this is just a losing game. You know what I'm saying? Like, this is just another story of a rich man taking advantage of people who don't have a lot, who want probably the best for their families, who want to feel safe, they want to feel secure. And this guy's coming over here, pointing his finger at another group of people saying, well, that's your problem. That's 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 why you're in this position. Mm-hmm. It's just to keep who's in power in power. Same story being told over and over again. Do you remember those kind of mentalities growing up? People who wanted someone to come in to say, that's your problem. I was raised by a car salesman. It's hard to put one over on me. I I hate seeing injustices taking place every day and someone saying, but that's not really happening. This is what's actually happening. And it's like, sucker, you don't even live it. You don't know anything about it. And yet you want to have commentary on it. That's crazy. And what what frightens me is that people will believe what they want to believe, right? And they'll see what they want to see. So what has kind of happened in our society right now is the disillusion of what is real. People don't know. They're not sure. I think that scares a lot of people. So they just like participate in their own research, which is just them going to the same exact political websites to pull it. You know what I'm saying? Like, this is insanity. And that bothers me. And it's hard to reconcile that. Some days it's hard to know exactly what to do. It's great when there are days when there are actionable things to do, where you're like, great, I can sign up for that, or I can donate here, or I can call X senator mm-hmm. I remember early in the pandemic, there were those days that felt productive. Yeah. And now I feel a little adrift and anxious about the future. Yeah, there's that. As we get closer and closer to this election, that's one thing that's going on. The other things that are going on is like what's happened in Kenosha, What's happening with people, people being okay with violence, violent measures, saying, oh, that was self-defense, that was self-defense. No, it's not okay when someone has to lose their life. Life is a precious thing. You can't just say like, oh, well, turns out he had been taking fentanyl, so he deserved to die, right? He should have complied. He shouldn't have been walking to his car. 
so he deserved to die, right? Or this guy shouldn't have hit this other guy with a skateboard, so he deserved to die, right? What's wrong with us, man? None of that's okay. So, yeah, I understand your anxiety. I have it too. I feel like everyone has it. Like, what's sacred? Anything? Are we going to let these people take everything from us? Strip us of morality and humanity for each other? When this country is supposed to be um, the United States of America, this is what we got? This is what we have come to? It reminds me of the first couple months of the pandemic, the stuff in Kenosha, because when the numbers started rising and more and more people started dying, there seemed to be more people who were saying, oh, but it's only 20,000, 30,000, 40,000, 50,000. Like Breonna Taylor or George Floyd, I keep asking the question, and I'll ask it to you, how many lives are okay for people. What is the right amount of number for people to say, you know what, that's too many? I'm sorry that we even live in times that create a condition to have to answer a question like that. How many lives does it take before we give a damn? I don't know about you. I give a damn. I have been given a damn since I came into this world. I came into a world with a really unique perspective. I have a lot of duality in my life. I'm both black and white. I'm mixed. I grew up in a mixed household. We listened to all kinds of music. We did all kinds of things. I don't know why, but some people want to turn this into, well, which side do you stand on? This is a race war. No, it ain't. Ain't nobody trying to make this a race war. When we say Black Lives Matter, I hate to keep having to spell it out, and I'm sure everybody is tired too, but it bears repeating. Black Lives Matter is really about having equity and equality in this country that we want to talk about gives the opportunity to uh, peace and and happiness and and the the pursuit of those things. Don't want to be shot for being dark-skinned. Easy. No more wars. What we want is peace. What we want is safety. What we want is to walk down the street. What we want is to drive our cars. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. It makes me angry to think that um, why, why do we have to live in a nation where there always has to be a second class of people. Why do so many people think that this country is done and it needs to go back to being great? The work is never done. The duality you talked about of your childhood, I think that's really important to understand part of your story. This record, Jamie, and the name Jamie is after your sister who passed away at 13 You were eight at the time. This whole pandemic has constantly made us think about our own mortality. Think about how, like you said, our time here is limited. It doesn't go on forever. So have you been looking back on Jamie in this time? Yeah, I mean, the relationship I carry on with my sister now is not that she doesn't exist anymore, but that she exists more around me more than ever. That spirit is something I reach out to daily. As much as I would like to change the past, as much as I would like my sister to still be here and to see what she would look like and to see if she'd be tall as me or what she would do for a living, everything's everything. I think everything uh, worked out the way that it was supposed to. But especially during this pandemic, it gives me a center to go back to. And in a way... The pandemic does disarm us all because 
we're not in control of where we're going or in the future or what we'll be doing in the future. We don't know, but man, ain't that life anyway, though? Like that old saying goes, like, you're not guaranteed tomorrow. Hard to accept, but plans uh, go out the window right now. You live for today. You try to make it the best you can. If you're feeling depressed, you're feeling low energy, that's how you feel today. And you got to meet that now instead of putting it off for later. Because, I mean, man, I remember when people buying up all the toilet paper thinking the world was going to (laughs) end. And those were the good days. You know what I'm saying? You got today, you got today, you got today, you got today. Brittany, when you were eight and she passed away, do you remember the day that happened? Of course. What does that day look and sound like? Well, I remember being uh, woke up by my Aunt Carla. That's my dad's sister. And I was like, what is she doing in my room? And she was like, Brittany, come out here. Everybody's here. I was just like, why? Man, walked through the, walked out of my room, walked through the kitchen, got to the living room, and everybody's in there. As soon as they saw me, they started wailing, man. And then after that, it was just like grief. Yeah. Real young understanding what grief is, what grief does, what grief looks like, what it feels like. It's a really it's a really tangible memory for me that uh you don't forget. You don't forget you you learn off of that. Anytime you come in, in contact with any kind of challenge in your life that is there to teach you this is not this is not so hard some people have said that with grief you don't move on from it you just move with it <sighs> yeah i think that's true but it's also important it's important too man that's the thing like and i know nobody wants to feel bad feelings and god forbid anybody feels like that you got to have both I've also felt such incredible joy in my life that I was able to receive because of my sister in my life and because the experiences I went through in my family losing my sister, my family going through what what we had to go through, it has created me. I'm even grateful for that. I think it's important to take both and to know that you can't really have one without the other. And, And my experiences of joy have been so high. I'm so grateful for that, too. On the other side of her passing and you becoming a teenager, you have this quote that I really connected with. You said, I was just really trying to keep the world away from me because the world weighed a ton when I was a little kid. And there was a song that I think closely resembles your experience. And if you wanted, I wanted to uh, listen to it for a second. Yeah, sure. In my room 
Yeah, that's that's my jam. Is that about it? Yeah, man. That's that's a uh, that's part of it for sure. I would definitely lock myself in my room, and that was my world. What was that teenage Britney like? Weird. <laughs> <laughs> definitely, we- definitely weird, awkward, unsure, a little confused about just the way things are supposed to be. I definitely had my own thing going on. Definitely unique. Kind of marching to the beat of my own drum, that's for sure. Wasn't easy on me to be that way, especially when you're like, you know, a teenager. But, I, you know, some things you can't help. Marching to the beat of your own drum. I, I know you've said that you had some trouble doing that with the Alabama Shakes and that you felt you were trying to always accommodate people because that's how you were raised. And in leaving the group, you said, I'm turning 30 and I didn't want music to become a routine. Do you feel like this record is you as a teenager banging a drum to your own beat? When it came to the shakes, it was really hard for me because of the love and bonds, everything we had been through together. It was, I wanted to make them proud. I wanted to I wanted to be happy with them. You know what I'm saying? And it was the it was probably one of the hardest things I've ever done was stepping away, but I knew it was the right thing to do. I knew it was the good thing to do, and I'm glad I did it the right way. I'm I'm glad um as soon as I came to that realization, first thing I did was talk to all the fellas and sat down with them and it was hard. It was hard. It's like a breakup. It didn't mean I loved them any less. It didn't mean the music had any less significance. It didn't mean any of those things. I just knew that there's something inside of me that really wanted to sail my own ship, make my own mistakes, have my own successes, reveal what I hear, how I hear it, without any, well, do you think this is cool? Is this all right? How's this? Just me, you know? And so, in a way, making this record was me accepting myself. Whereas when I was a kid, I would have paid money to change myself. It was like a full arc of like, okay, all right, this is the way it is. And the way it is, is better than good enough. It's great. This is what we're going to do. And this is who we're going to be. And that's how we're going to live our life now. And then I made this record. I don't think people understand that. Like what it really means to have that kind of breakup. Yeah, I mean, I was definitely scared of failure. And I was also scared of success. I was scared of everything. I was scared of disappointing my bandmates. I was scared of disappointing my managers, disappointing uh, everyone who works with us, disappointing my family, disappointing our fans, my friends. I was afraid that this might be the beginning of the end. But I had to take that chance. Because on the other hand, I was doing something while I loved it, and I always eternally will love it. I was not creating because I love to create. It it came to a point where I was like, I have no idea what more I can say, and I don't have anything to say. And there's nothing I could do about it. On the heels of all that success, you said of that period, life was looking real simple. And any time it starts feeling like that, I kind of go, uh uh-oh. Anytime it's just looking like, that's your bag, there you go, 
stick with that, do that, you're going to be great. I'm just like, nah, that doesn't feel right. Where does that instinct come from to say, that looks too simple for me. I need something else. I think it's um, a matter of hunger. Some people can be satisfied with just enough. Some people are satisfied with material things like, oh, I'm I'm rich now. I made it. This is it. This is all. This is everything I wanted. Now I'm rich and I did it. I win. That is not my mentality. That is not how I feel about life. I feel like life is supposed to be challenging. I feel like life is supposed to be lived creatively. And I, I do feel like life is supposed to be lived with kindness, with compassion, with empathy, and with service. And that's how I do my thing. When it's not challenging anymore, I'm not growing. I'm not exciting myself. I'm not being creative. I don't care. That's not living. So you understand how important it is to feel like I am uh, living my fulfilling life. You know what I'm saying? Putting out Jamie, putting out the solo record, it was just, in a way, a huge acceptance of who I am and then taking that and sharing that with other people. Some people can come out of hiding, too. I just hope someone can listen to it and be like, well, I don't fit, I don't fit the mold of anything, and I, I'm not sure if, if I'm the type of person who can do something like this. I don't know. I'm not sure. If you want it, then prove it to yourself. You don't got to prove it to anybody else. I think it would be good for us and the people listening to listen to a few of these songs before we leave. I have two picked out, but I want to start with this. What's the song to you, one year removed from the release of this album, that stays with you, that you keep coming back to over and over again? For me, it's Georgia. <laughs> I don't know why. Something about this song won't leave me alone. I woke up today, first thing I did was sit down on the piano and play it for a little while. It's funny you asked me that. Do you want to listen to some of it? Yeah, I think we should. What story is that song telling? So the story of the song, uh, lyrically, what's going on there is just like a little girl who has a crush on an older girl, you know, and doesn't know how to confess that, doesn't understand the feelings because it's so innocent. You know, when you're a kid and you got a crush, that's like your entire world. But this crush has to be a secret. No one can know. And even uh, this little girl doesn't know, understand why it's wrong. But she knows she can't tell her friends, you know, and it's just her secret. It's her world. I had never heard a song written from that perspective like that. You weren't certain of your sexuality until 
24, 25, something like that? Yeah, somewhere around there. When was the moment that you understood that about yourself? You know, I think when I started coming up to Nashville, I had met so many different types of people. You know, women who were gay, who were happy. They're just being themselves. They're just, no one's out to get them. or They don't care. They're just living their life, living their happiness, doing their thing. And when I saw that, it just kind of like, yeah, why does it matter? Mm-hmm. Like, it just kind of hit me like, nothing's going to happen to me if I just live my life the way I want to. In fact, I think only good things can really happen to me. And that's true. I mean, it really just took seeing someone else living out loud, making space for themselves in this world to give myself, to give me permission to uh, do the same thing. And yeah, I was a little older, but I'm I'm glad that happened for me. And I'm glad I can have a song like this, like Georgia, that hopefully, I don't know, you know, it's a different time now, but hopefully can give little girls, little boys that same permission. It's okay to feel the things that you're feeling. Like, just accept that about yourself. Nothing wrong with it. In fact, it, love is love. And if there's more of that, it's a better world anyway. Georgia feels like the teenage version of love. And short and sweet feels like in your 20s, infatuation with someone, pining for someone. Does that sound right? Yeah, that's accurate. I'd say short and sweet is kind of a more jaded look at love where it's like, oh, we've started this new love. I'm sure it will be nice for a while and then it'll go away. Mm-hmm. And this is my acceptance of that. And let's just enjoy what we have while we have it. I hate to even dictate that song to someone because it can mean something else entirely different to somebody and fulfill that place of energy for them. So however people want to take that song apart is fine with me. It's the song that has single-handedly got me through the last couple months. I will tell you, I find it's sort of cynicism about love really romantic. (laughs) There's all kinds of different types of love in your life. There's the the heartbreakers and there's the really like trauma. Sometimes there's traumatic love and sometimes there's, there's relationships you have that teach you to love yourself. And it's not even about the other person. All those things are valid. Like all those things deserve songs. That's just the way I feel about it. Love song doesn't always have to be so sweet, sweet, sweet. There's so much to talk about when we talk about love songs. Well, since we're going to talk about it so much, we should play a snippet of it for people. There are miles between us Time between us There is something between us I may be a God, it feels so good to dream it all. Something short and sweet. There's always a lot on my head for you. There are mountains between 
That song is holding so many things back, so many things in, letting so many things out all at once. Just, it's just, uh, it, it was powerful for me when I was writing it. There's just a lot of energy packed into that song, even though it's something um, soft and vulnerable. There's a lot in there. So, of, of course, I, I understand how you could relate to it for sure. It's one of my favorite songs that I've written. And it's, it's actually one of my favorite songs to get to play. To me, it feels really authentically me. It feels very vulnerable. And I still love playing it. What were you holding back about yourself? Oh, let's see. It's kind of hard to go into. But to me, that song goes through just like a history of, uh, like you said, cynicism about love. Like, oh, here we go again. This is probably going to turn out real shitty. <laughs> and you know what? It might have turned out a little shitty, but it was sweet. It's probably more than I even know how to explain with words. Sometimes words, they can't give you the full picture, believe it or not. Sometimes you got to put in a song to make people understand. And there you go. It speaks for itself. If Georgia is about sort of teenage young love with rose-colored glasses... And short and sweet is mid-20s, early 30s, cynicism, infatuation kind of love. Then Stay High feels like some sort of adult embrace of falling in love and staying inside that good feeling with someone. For me, Stay High had a lot to do with just being present with who you're with. I think it's easy to get used to who you're with and to have expectations of who you're with. But after it's been a while, it's nice to get a glimmer of why you fell in love with that person and how much you enjoy who they are. And just stay there for a second and like revel in that and be grateful for that. That's kind of like what I was writing about then. Do you like it still? Yeah, I still like it. I still like it. You know, the, my favorite thing about that song is uh, the rhythm section, man. So simple, but it just really gets in there. I mean, that's just, I, I like it. What's shocking is like, yeah, my record came out a year ago, right? But man, to be honest with you, I didn't even really get to tour that sucker. Got the baddest band on the planet together. I'm telling you, these dudes, oh, just so smoking. It was so real. It was, uh, it was my visions coming true. It was something to be seen. It was a force. Nate Smith on the drums. Brad Allen Williams on guitar. Alex Shakur on guitar. Paul Horton on keys. Lloyd Buchanan on the organ. You know what I'm saying? Zach Cockrell on bass. Got my background singers, Shanae and Karita. The baddest. And then March 14th, it's over just like that. I miss it. I miss it bad. Just, just like that. And now you're here stuck with me. Listening to your music through a microphone and a computer. 
Yep. <laughs> Real rock bottom, you know? <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. I've always I've always wanted someone to describe the show that way. <laughs> I've hit rock bottom. This is a drink. <laughs> When you first started making music, you borrowed your sister's guitar and recorded on a PC that had been given to you by the Make-A-Wish Foundation. You were recording on the program Audacity. That was where it began. And so much of Jamie and leaving the Shakes is about you presenting yourself and your voice as you are. Does that young girl working on Audacity on a PC with your sister's guitar, can that young girl believe that she's here now? I got to pinch myself, man, a lot. Where I come from, this was highly improbable, would even say impossible. For me, as is, to be doing what I do, with what I have, with who I am, is a miracle. It's a miracle. I'm a living miracle, folks. <laughs> I grew up in a junkyard. We didn't have very much when I was growing up. I went to county school. I lived in a small town with interracial parents. House burnt down. Sister passed away. Parents got divorced. Me and my mom lived together. We didn't have much. You know, life kept going wrong until it went very right. If I can do it, anybody else can do it. I'm still here. I still got more work to do. So I hate to talk about myself with such completion and finality. I don't know what to say. That's me. That's me in a nutshell. No, I, I can't believe it. But I'm here, so it must be true. And I'm so glad you are. Brittany Howard, thank you very much. Thank you, Sam. our show. Special thanks this week to Aaron Cooney, Christine Stouter, Universal Music, and ATO Records. You can find Brittany's debut solo record, Jamie, wherever you listen to music, or her website at www.brittanyhoward.com. If you'd like to learn more about Miss Howard, be sure to visit our show notes at talkeasypod.com. 
if you're searching for more conversations with musicians on this long weekend, check out our talks with Run the Jewels, Kamasi Washington, Mac DeMarco, Brenton Wood, Juliette Lewis, Corinne Bailey Ray, Radner and Lee, and Esperanza Spalding. If you'd like to join our mailing list, drop me a line at talkeasypod at gmail.com. You can follow us on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at talkeasypod. And this show, Talk Easy, is made possible by our incredible team, Janixa Bravo, Krisha Shenoy, Nikki Spina, Andre Lin, David Harding, Eli Weiss, Rena Zhang, Dylan Peck, Patrice Lee, Juliana Rector, Ethan Seneca, a cast and Caroline Reebok. I'm Sam Fragoso. Thank you for listening to Talk Easy. We'll be back next week with Claudia Rankin. Until then, stay safe, everyone. And so long. Your podcast is cool, man. Is it okay? Yeah, this is cool. I like this idea how you just, I mean, I, I guess this is how your episodes are. Like, you just make people. Well, you invite people to just uh, yeah, be open and honest about stuff and just talk. Like That's pretty nice. I just don't know why we would spend an hour like lying to each other. Like, what's, what is the fun of that? I tried to start this conversation with a lie. I know you did. Dude, couldn't do it. <laughs> this, it's this show. As <laughs> soon as I got into the show, something just happened. It's like, no, you can't lie no more. This is... Like that movie Liar Liar. We'll put that on the poster. Talk easy. It's like that movie Liar Liar. (laughs) The tradition of breaking tradition continues with the return of the unconventional awards from T Mobile for Business at Mobile World Congress. This is an event that celebrates innovators whose bold actions took their industries to new places. If that sounds like you and you're a T-Mobile for Business customer, enter today. If you win, you'll be publicly honored amongst some of the most influential leaders in industry. And me, I'll be there too. Enter now at tmobile.com slash unconventional awards. See you there. Whether you're a savvy spender maximizing your savings with cashback rewards, a thrifty rate watcher seeking the lowest interest, or a travel enthusiast looking for extraordinary perks, Kemba Financial Credit Union has a visa to complement your lifestyle and unique needs. Apply today at Kemba.org to unlock a limited-time 2% cashback on purchases. And pay 0% interest on balance transfers for an entire year with a new visa from Kemba. You deserve a card that works for you. Restrictions apply. Offer ends June 30th, 2024. Nobody wants to outlive their money, but it happens, especially for women. That's why Gainbridge offers the Parity Flex annuity, designed for women's unique retirement needs, with flexible withdrawals plus a guaranteed lifetime income benefit that keeps paying you even if your account balance is zero. Gainbridge is helping build a better financial future for women. Retirement income you can't outlive is the ultimate flex. Start saving now at Gainbridge.io. Visit Gainbridge.io slash ParityFlex for current rates, full product disclosures and disclaimers, and other important information.